You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Bucks and Bolts with Casey Hudson and Kaylee Mizell. You mentioned that this team was not overly happy with their performance. They lost in a shootout against Carolina, and it was it was a back and forth game um, for a lot of it. So the Carolina comes out and they get things going early. Um, but the second period, which has been a struggle for the lightning at times, yeah. it, it wasn't that this time you have Ross Colton who comes out fairly early in the second period and adds a goal to tie things up on the power play. Then Nick Paul, an even strength goal with Steven Stamkos on the assist. So the lightning take that lead. Very impressive. Very mm-hmm. good to see. Um, but then Carolina has a power play. And, you know, it, it's hard to get into a flow. The second period was probably the weirdest period because yeah. there was a lot of special teams going on. And it's just really hard to get into that five-on-five game flow mm-hmm. when that happens. Um, so then, uh, you know, Carolina comes back. They score a power play goal to tie things up. Nikita Kucherov comes back. He scores a power play goal. The Lightning take the lead going into the third period. And Nikita Kucherov scored that goal with just one minute left in the period. So really exciting, building off this momentum. All you have to do in the third period is shut it down. Contain, contain. And they had been so good on the power play scoring uh two power play goals in that game already but in the third period on the power play um just a little bit of mishandling the puck and a, a little bit of sloppy play um and there was you know Carolina was able to get the puck uh and enter into the lightning zone and they got a shorthanded goal um and that's never something that you wanted to see uh, especially because the Lightning had just let up a shorthanded goal mm-hmm. in their game um, out in California. And so, uh, or excuse me, in their game on Tuesday. So on Tuesday and Thursday, they let up shorthanded goals. That's frustrating for this team, especially considering the fact that then the game was tied. They went into overtime. Nothing was able to happen. And they went into a shootout. And Carolina ultimately got the two points. The Lightning didn't leave without any points. They still got a point. Mm-hmm. But Casey, that was just not good enough for them because they know that they should have been able to shut this team down. And they know especially that that shorthanded goal was was just not okay. Um, it, it, it's not something that you can allow, especially because it is just a little bit of mistaken play, mistaken behavior. But something like that is really difficult to practice. Some of the guys mm-hmm. talked about it after the fact, and they said, you know, y- you don't really go into the power play a- a- at practice and and really work on 
practicing five on four, five on three, uh, and and having you know the other team enter into your zone and 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 defend. Um, and so it's not something that is easy necessarily to practice to put into game time situations. Um, but it is something that the Lightning need to get better at and that they recognize that they need to get better at. And it's something that they don't want to do. And it and it's kind of fueling their fire as they went into the weekend because they really did not appreciate that game. And something else um, that the Lightning said was that in those situations, that it, this isn't an excuse, but it maybe gives some framework to mm-hmm. – how things happen in this in in this way the lightning have played a lot of really intense games the last three i mean i don't know if anybody knows it they have to love it at some point but the lightning have played more hockey than any other team has in the last three years going to the stanley cup finals every single year for the last three years winning two championships over the last three years this team has played very intense hockey, and they know how to turn it on. Mm-hmm. And Steven Stamkos did say that even while they try to take it game by game, there is a little bit of looking ahead. There there can be at times a little bit of, well, we really want to get into the playoffs. And so maybe you undermine or underestimate or you don't go out and play each power play, you know, uh, time, each two-minute session right? Like it is your last session because they know that it's not, they know that there's more season left. Um, and so that's just a mental thing that they acknowledged and said, Hey, because we've played in these really high intensity games over Mm -hmm. the last three years, we need to like refresh our mind and, and get into the right mind space to be able to take care of business. And I don't think that that's a bad thing to acknowledge that they did that because they're acknowledging it and now you can fix it. You can move yeah. forward and fix it. But Casey, you were in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And so um, you talked to some of these guys after that loss and, and talked to them and they weren't happy with no. them. <laughs> it was, you, you saw the frustration all over them. Um, but if there's anything that we appreciate, it's seeing emotion and again, accountability, if you will. And with it being so early in the season, it's definitely a good point for them to evaluate that properly, take responsibility for that now, and then adjust accordingly. And <coughs> excuse me, guys, of course, we kind of saw that translate as we get into the next game coming up in a little bit here. But after the fact, um, it's so interesting to me how, games can be evaluated from so many different perspectives. And I think that's what I love, not only about sports, but especially hockey too, being such a fast paced game, because the way that I'm seeing the game, I know that the lightning struggle, whenever the other team opens the scoring first, they do Mm -hmm. best when they open the scoring. And then of course, Carolina got on the board first period, made them chase it all throughout the first period. They came out in the second and Rouse Colton responded, giving them, you know, hope, putting them back in the game, if you will. With that said, you know, the lightning were able to attain three goals in the second period And that should have been the spark, the momentum that got them over the finish line there. Aside from special teams, which they know is an issue, because when I looked at the numbers and actually, you know, watching the game and stuff, there was there were some big moments in those special teams, especially the penalty kill. I mean, yeah, shorthanded goals slap you a little bit harder in the face, but 
Carolina was only able able to collect one of six power play opportunities and then vice versa. The Bolts only got one out of five power play opportunities. So when I see something like that from a wider range of perspective, when we got down to the locker room, I was able to ask um, Vladimir Mesikov, I'm like, well, did you feel like there was any positive progressions in your game besides letting up a, a shorthanded goal? And he was like, yeah, there was moments, but they have to be able to string these moments together and have more success rather than have these these moments and then these gaps where the gaps turn out to be costly as well as timely. So for a minute there, I was like, crap, like, was that a terrible question? But, you know, it wasn't because there were things to be proud of in it. The guys are putting their body on the line and everybody's getting involved. We've talked extensively about, you know, no Ryan McDonough. There was even stuff that Luke Shin did. And I know people are probably like, why do you keep bringing his name up? Because he was a significant player in, oh, in yes. pivotal moments, mm-hmm. applying to what he could do talent-wise and skill-wise, and it came up at the right time. So you don't have that specific muscle on the team, as we kind of all were concerned was going to happen when certain guys were no longer a part of the roster. Everybody's getting involved. I got a chance to ask Nick Paul as well as Eric Turnack about it, and they've made it a team affair you have to be fearless. You have to want this for your team. You know, we know that Chernak leads the guys and hits on the team and he is more of that muscle defenseman, but he said, you know, I really just go out there thinking about what's the best decision I can make for my team on the ice. So he's not thinking about, Oh crap, this puck's coming out my face or my body or, you know, my kneecaps. He's thinking I got to do this for the guys. And that's translating because on another note, I got to ask Nick Paul before the West coast tour, you know, does anybody inspire you on this team to be physical because Paul's a physical guy and he gets really chirpy out there when people start, you know, when things get tense and he tries to kind of antagonize those fights, he's not afraid of it. And he actually specifically said that not only Chernak is, is somebody that motivates him, but everybody on that team is motivated to put their body on the line. So there were still some good things that, you know, I thought I saw from a different perspective, but they hold themselves to such a high level. And I respect it so much that it wasn't enough. And outside of the special team struggles that they have been having or, you know, that they need to build off of, if you will. Um, it's the, it's defense. We've talked about this a good amount of times. And the only reason I hone in on, on defense with this one is because it was the turnovers in the D zone that were the most costly, um, not getting, good passing lanes going and Kaylee and I saw this in practice coach Cooper wanted them to work on having tighter motions and progressions up the ice Uh, bolts allowed 55 shots against the canes they really did just get outshot if you will and they knew that that was a lack of defensive effort um, and them not communicating them not playing in a better formation but it's the turnovers I mean they had 13 giveaways to the Canes eight giveaways and majority of those were in the D zone something mm-hmm. else that disrupts a team's D zone face-offs they were doing so well building their percentage yep. on face-offs and then all of a sudden it started to decline I mean versus Carolina they were 38.2 percent to Carolina's 61.8 that's that's a little too significant to set up for any sort of success and to make it worse when you specifically look at where their faceoffs are falling short it's in the neutral zone what's a big problem the lightning have odd man rushes containing yep. odd man rushes when you lose faceoffs in the neutral zone you're setting up the other team to get in a perfect odd man rush against you which is going to just fluster your d zone and we've got young guys back there we've got people that are still trying to find their footing build chemistry. The deep pairings haven't shuffled up a lot. I think it's just them, you know, learning each other that much more. And there's not much depth there to shuffle it up any further. So 
that all plays into the fact that Lightning fans, not sure if anyone saw that there were some healthy scratches um, between Cal Foot and Myers there, but Coach Cooper had to make a tough decision because they were kind of involved in some of those major defensive turnovers. So between turnovers and faceoff percentage, they've got to kind of level up and have their game going across the board. They kind of get something going in one area. Great to see five on five doing better. Great to see some exciting things out of these lines. Um, but then now that needs to translate to power play and power play needs to translate to cleaning up defense and so on and so forth. So Carolina was one point. I think that that was still huge because Carolina is a dangerous team to play. You certainly are. Any time of the year. Um, but yeah, they weren't they weren't having it, Kaylee. And there were still some standout guys. There yeah, still we still have to do cherry pickers for this team. Yes, of course. So, uh, Casey, my cherry picker is going to be Ross Colton. We talked about wanting to see more out of Ross Colton. Out of Ross Boss, uh, the fact that he comes in there, Jeff Halpern specifically said that the second power play unit is playing exceptional. You don't mm -hmm. always expect your second power play unit to go out there and really score. And the fact that the Bolts had two power play goals in that game against Carolina and Ross Colton amounted for one of them, uh, he has to be my cherry picker for this game. While there were other people who uh, – um, I, I think played well and I was, and I was excited to see them play. Uh, I think I got to give it to Ross Colton because I called out his name and he stepped up to the plate. You called on him. Uh, Pucks and Bolts fans. If you guys have not realized that when Kaylee calls a player by his name, when she requires oh, him mean to something, it. It, but it translates somehow and yeah. it, it works out. Um, Kaylee's got some, what do they call him? Nostradamus. <laughs> you foresee. <laughs> You foresee yes. some things that need to come about there. Um, for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to basic, something I don't do very often. I've got to give it to uh, Andre Vasilevsky. First of all, mm. it was his second career performance of 50 plus saves. He had 52 Goodness. saves. We all thought it was 53. They had to make an adjustment at the end of the game and send out new stat sheets. But either way, 52 saves on this Carolina team that was just attack, attack, attack. He yep. doesn't have the strongest defensive formation in front of him. So just imagine how much Vasilevsky was really just carrying and nobody could say anything after that game. And I think what kind of took away from the one point at the moment was not only the special team situation, but also the fact that if it wasn't for Andre Vasilevsky, what was that score going to be? I mean, you can only say so much about the tremendous saves that he makes, his ability yeah. to just stretch between the pipes. I mean, his vision. I would love to know if he wears contacts. What is his contact ratio? Can I get in on it? I think I have 20-20 vision until I watch Vasilevsky play, and then all of a sudden I have so many questions. So Andre Vasilevsky is it for me. Um, Vasi, he's a king, great and he's one, of, he's one. he is the best goalie in the league. I still stand by that. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. But we saw a different goalie on yes, Saturday as we get into the game against the Sabres. The Lightning took down the Sabres 5-3 KC in a really action-packed game that kind of came down to the third period and really exciting hockey for all of the Lightning fans who are watching or in attendance there, Brian Elliott was in net for that game. This is his fourth start of the season, and he had 21 saves in that game. 
Um, so really good to see the fact that he was able to 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 get a, a start um, and continue mm-hmm. to get some wins um, because the team hasn't always played as well in front of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but Casey, as we get into this game against the Sabres, um, one of the people that I have to bring up who I was very impressed by, I kind of mentioned it earlier right off the bat, though, Nick Paul is feeling himself back yeah. to back games where he has a goal. And then, like I said, he was a, he was a game time decision. They weren't mm-hmm. sure if he was going to go. So the fact that he does get the go ahead, he goes out there. Very first thing goes out and scores even strength goal, Victor Hedman, Brandon Hagel on the assists with him. That was really great to see. And I just think that Nick Paul is feeling himself. I think that he's making his presence known on the ice. He's a guy that once he gets started, very similar to Alex Kalorn, once Mm -hmm. they kind of get started, once they kind of get into the groove of things, shots do fall for them. And I expect shots to continue to fall for Nick Paul and, uh, you know, Alex Kalorn for that matter. So kudos Mm -hmm. to Nick Paul is kind of my first overall thought in this game, but Casey, there is someone else who also has to get some kudos scoring the game. Yeah. The game winning goal mm-hmm. is first NHL goal. Yeah. Herbix. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for him, especially because it was a couple episodes ago. Um, I wish I could remember specifically what game. No, actually, no. It was after they played the Florida Panthers. And that video started going all over the place of Herbix laying that hit on Kachuk. And um, Kaylee, you mentioned catching up with Eric Erlinson and him talking to Perbix saying, I didn't even realize it was it was uh, Matthew Chuck. I just <laughs> laid the hit and got up and looked and realized, oh, crap, it's, oh, it's, it's him. <laughs> yeah. So what I love is the humility of this guy um, and maturity. And it's funny because I got to ask Coach Cooper about it after. And he was like, I think people forget that Perbix, he did the college route. You know, he's 24 yeah. years old. He's a mature guy. Um, he's older seven- than Mikhail Sergachev even. Yeah. But he, but that's what what's so fabulous about this sport because he actually credited Sergi um, when when everyone was talking to him after the game about you know collecting his first NHL goal, and he was like, I really appreciate Sergachev has always you know been there to let me know what's good, what's bad, what to fix, how to fix it. Um, he's always been patient with me learning. He gave Sergi so much credit for just kind of guiding him into this system and helping him learn as much as possible so that he can contribute, and it shows. Um, but Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. After we were talking about the hit, when we were talking about um, Eric Erlinson's comments and interview with him, I remember us also discussing the fact that he could be a key rising star, key rising defenseman on this mm. team to fill some of those gaps that they're that they're feeling. Why so specifically? Because he's not afraid to hit, which is fantastic for a defenseman, but he's also 
all about pushing the puck forward and collecting those points. This guy got a point in every college game that he played. And I got a chance to ask Perbix after the game, you know, do you feel like that success that you were getting in Minnesota in college is starting to translate for you? Are you finding ways to translate that confidence from the player that was contributing a point every game that he was in to now in the NHL, you're hitting your, you're getting in passing lanes. Um, he helped create a few turnovers in the game. It was significant before he even collected that game winning goal. And he said, yeah, I mean, it's the NHL. Um, <laughs> he kept talking about the jump to the NHL at one point. He was like, I feel he's like, I keep repeating myself, but yeah, it's the jump to the NHL. He's like, but getting more settled in the system, having guys that, you know, have really taken me in to learn that's helping a lot too. And coach Cooper said that if there's nothing else to know about this kid, it's the fact that he's very intelligent. He is very smart. Not only has a great hockey IQ, but his ability to pick up on things quickly, read out there and contribute fast. We're seeing all of that out of Nick Perbix. So I feel like he's going to have some, hopefully longevity with this team, but we're just seeing him getting started and probably increasing his role. He started with about 12 minutes of ice time. Uh, now he's at about 16, a little over 16 minutes of ice time. So the more the team trusts him, the more that he's on the ice, I think he's going to continue to do good things. Yeah. And like you said, he plays like a veteran uh, maybe veteran is too strong of a word, but he plays like a seasoned defenseman for the NHL. Um, and, and a lot of that is credit to the fact that the way that he played in college is very similar to what they ask the defenseman to do here, which is to get up into the zone, which is to contribute, which is yep. to be a part and communicate and be really one solid unit. Mm -hmm. uh, so congratulations to Nick. Really great to see him. And Sergey actually is the one who handed him his, uh, his, his puck. Uh, yeah. so that was really cool to see as well. So just really got to give some kudos and shout out to him there because he had a, a really awesome game. And Casey, one of the reasons that this team was able to be successful and, and as we compare it to the previous game where they didn't, they weren't overly pleased with their performance. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is the face-offs. So it, they, they sat just at 49%. So just about 50% between the lightning and the sabers, um, in the face-offs. Um, so they still let maybe the, the Sabres get a little too many, specifically on the power play. The Lightning were one for three on the power play in face-offs, so that's only 33%. But shorthanded on the penalty kill, the Lightning were four for four on face-offs. So that was really, really great to see uh, considering – what the lightning were able to do. They did get a power play goal. They were able to score on one of the two power play uh, goals and, but they did allow a power play goal as well um, for the Sabres um, in terms of takeaways and giveaways a little bit, even the lightning had five more takeaways than Buffalo had. So that was really good to see. And something that I, I do want to point out is also defensively the lightning are not afraid to put their bodies in position. They know that they don't have Ryan McDonough on this team anymore. Um, and so they had 17 blocked shots to Buffalo's 10. And then even when you look at the game against Carolina, the Lightning had 22 blocked shots to Carolina's just 11. So mm -hmm. that's really good to see that this Lightning team overall, they're really putting their bodies in position to block shots. They're really helping out their goalies and that in that capacity. Uh, still need a little bit more from the defense, um, like we talked about from last game. But mm -hmm. this game, they really did shine. The defense had 
again, you look at Nick Perbix, and, and I think that we talked about this before, Casey, when the defense is able to get in with the offense, when they're able to press forward, that's when this defense is able to shine, when they're all playing as a unit together. So that was really, really great to see that the Lightning were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's, that's when, they're- when the team comes together the most, I feel exactly. like. And um, it just it just helps alleviate everybody from what's what it was. I wish I was remembering games right now, guys. Specifically towards the end of regular season last year, you see that when defense does get that much more involved and helps offensively, people are kind of alleviated to perform or tap into their skill set a little bit more. Um, and so the more involved defense is, the more that guys like Nikita Kucherov can get free and make an impact. Brandon Hagel, now that he's stepping into his confidence, can get free and make an impact. Nick Paul, I mean, come on. What else can we say yeah. about Nick Paul? Um, but then even, you know, Kalorn, Alex Kalorn has been building performance-wise game by game after getting that monkey off his back that we've talked about. Ross Colton, he's getting more involved. I think for Colton, it's just the setup there. But again, depending on how defense can alleviate then guys like that can get free and really just start to to tap into their skill set and get more shots up there so you're 100 right other thing though kaylee i'm not yes. sure if because we've talked so much about the fact that you know this team they were giving up leads in the third period then the struggles have kind of been in the second period um but now it's the fact that this team is making comebacks in the third period that was something that stood out to me especially on Saturday night, um, you mentioned face-offs and some positives there where they really started to pull together in the face-off circle was in the third period because the first period it was 43% to Sabres, 57%. Second period was terrible, 40% to the Sabres, 60% success. And then third period, they come out on top, 58% to the Sabres, 42%. But that just ties back into what I noted earlier, majority they had no successful plays or faceoffs in the neutral zone. Mm. And that through that's where I nerded out and was like, but what's going on here in the neutral zone? And yeah. if those sway in favor of a team, you know, as said before, that draws opposing teams, allows gaps, allows them to stretch the ice. And then before you know it, in two seconds of the blink of an eye, you're in an odd man rush. And this team hates odd man rushes. So it was a positive to see how they were able to pull things together in the third period. Um, if there's one other thing that was said a lot after the game, it was the fact that they didn't give up. They continue to stay in it. They can, they kept trying to find their game and apply their game because versus Carolina, they were in no sort of structure whatsoever. Um, I didn't get a chance to hopefully at practice today, I'll be able to ask coach Cooper. I kind of want to hear his answer or I need somebody to paint a picture for me of what that balance is between a sense of urgency and settling the puck for your structure because in some moments you saw this great sense of urgency from the guys versus Carolina and in moments versus Buffalo. But then you also see that there's just too much of a scattering of the puck going on and it's not great passing. They're not setting up any sort of plays. There's no structure going on. It's just these constant back downs, these speeds of pressuring forward. And then you recognize that that might be the other way that the opponent can play, but that's not the way that the bolts can successfully play. So I'm dying to know um, what that, what that sweet spot is sense of urgency and settling the puck and, and creating your structure within a fast teams play Um, And hopefully I'll get a chance to ask that, which reminds me, we haven't had a chance to really ask Pucks and Bolts fans. Guys, if you have questions, 
for your favorite players, for coaches, for morning skate, for practice, because there's a lot that goes on in hockey that Kaylee and I have to go to. Please be sure to let us know at Pucks and Bolts on Twitter. Uh, we'll be happy to ask those questions and get that inside information for you guys. Um, but yeah, Kaylee, I was just, I was so fascinated by the yeah. face-off stuff and you're hundred percent right about defense getting that much more involved. Yeah. It, and it was great to see. And Casey, uh, this will be my final point before maybe we, we get into cherry pickers and then the storm watch, of course, and we've got to do Kaylee's corner Casey's keys. So still a little bit to get to, but Casey, this top line, they yeah. are also feeling themselves. Brandon Hagel, Braden Point, Nikita Kucherov, they combined for nine points in the Lightning's comeback win. So really, really impressed with this line, really impressed with the way that they play. Um, and the fact that they're able to really go in there and, and, and get things going. We talked about at the very beginning this line, when they were first put together, we saw them gelling, but it wasn't necessarily going towards goals and assists, and it, it wasn't translating offensively just yet. But mm -hmm. you and I both said, stay patient. This is going to happen. We see something in this line. We promise you. And it showed up, and it's been showing up. Um, so, Casey, that's my final point is, you know, the fact that Brandon Hagel – you know, he's, I mean, the third period is essentially owned by this line. Yes, Nick Perbix yeah. got that goal, but Nikita Kucherov and Brandon Hagel were on the assist. Nikita right. Kucherov gets the empty net goal. Well, who's on the assist? Braden Point. Brandon Hagel gets his third period goal to tie the game. Who's on the assist? It's Nikita Kucherov. It's really, really this top line that owned and took over in the third period and said, we are not losing this game. Mm -hmm. And that's what you need out of your top line. You need your top line to go in there and to really show up. And they did. Um, it's tremendous to watch them yeah. play. I mean, they, which, I mean, you, like you said, that's what your first line should be there. That, oh. that, that executing line and um, Hagel alone versus Buffalo. He had his one goal to assist three points, but got a plus three. So there was successful offensive movement every time Hagel was on the ice. And it was cool because I feel like Hagel's kind of running out of responses to people when they're like, well, now how's it feel to be a part of this organization? And now how's your footing coming along? So I think he summed it up pretty nicely after the game by saying, you know, when he first got in here, he was trying to not only learn the structure, but learn the guys. And he got in late to the season. And some people, you know, they kind of shuffled him around a bit too. So it was finding mm -hmm. that sweet spot between Pilat and some of the other guys being here. He was never going to get that opportunity. So now he's got a chance to really settle in and not be too concerned about another lion change coming about or having to get reacclimated. Now he's learning from Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. And he specifically said, Nikita Kucherov, that guy's insane. And Braden Point, nobody skates like him. But what I love that Hagel said is um, somebody asked him about the difference again between Chicago and here. And he's like, I've played with about six Hall of Famers. And he kind of sat back and digested that for a second. And he's like, yeah. I could definitely say I've learned something from each and every one of them that I don't take for granted. And he's already learning so much on this line. So coming in with the ability to learn and apply so quickly, working with unique rhythmic people like Nikita Kucherov. And when Braden Point gets pissed, he's probably one of the most exciting players to watch because he's just one of those guys that's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it happen. I'm just going to throw everybody on my back for a couple seconds and dance between every defender on the ice here and, you know, try to get shots on goal. So 
now I feel like he's getting such a unique feed off of these guys because he's creating his moments. He doesn't give up. He's so relentless in front of the net. He's a dangerous guy there because the minute that a goalie, and it's happened four times so far this season, guys, the minute that a goalie thinks that they've cleared a shot from Brandon Hagel, uh-uh, he's still right there to try to get that shot back in. And that's what two of his goals have been this season. So phenomenal to see that line coming together. Um, such an such an energized unit, and then Nikita Kucherov. We can always give him praise. He officially has six goals, um, fourteen assists, twenty points, and has put up an average of forty-one shots on goal. So, when Nikita Kucherov gets hot, if he's not in that assist column, he's going to be in that scoring column, and it's going to be very dangerous for other teams here. So, no better way to get into uh, some cherry pickers. Again, yeah, I love we have to do it. <laughs> Mine, while I just sung the praises of the top line, and I think that they really were the people who won this game for the Lightning in a lot of ways, mine's going to be Nick Paul. Again, just the fact that this is his second game where he's, you know, had back-to-back goals, uh, coming off that injury, game-time decision, starting things off for the Lightning in the right way by getting that goal first for the Bolts. Really love to see it uh, and and really um, – happy for him. He's had six points over the last five games. So this guy is on a streak. Casey, he is playing very, very well. I know. I just, I enjoy watching him skate. I can't say it enough. I think he's terrifying when you're a goalie to see him coming at you. Um, And it's, it's cool to see anybody that's got, that, that doesn't mind getting a little chippy. He tried to provoke a few guys on the ice on Saturday and it was for the entertainment of, uh, of the fans as well as himself. This is a tough one because, of course, I want to say, you know, Nick Perbix, um, big fan of his development so yeah. far. But then, you know, you, you said it so perfectly. Everyone on this top line is contributing and doing major things. Um, you know what? I'm going to take a little bit of a, of a weird route here. I'm going to go with Mikhail Sergachev. Okay. For a couple of reasons. As, a, as, a, as an overhead here, he's – Still led with time on ice on Saturday with the return of Victor Hedman. Uh, 24 minutes and, and some seconds there that he had time on ice. And he was a big orchestrator in that defense. So while mm. he wasn't applying pressure offensively, he was helping uh, create a structure for the defense back there. He also came up with a few big block shots. I mean, there was multiple times you see him flying, throwing his whole body on the ice to block the shots, to break up the opportunity that the Sabres were trying to score on. So just to see how he can pivot and become the best offensive defenseman or defensive defenseman for this team, I think is huge. And I got a chance to talk to him in the locker room and he just said that he wants every part of his game to be strong and he takes the extra time to practice that and focus on it. So, you know, he got a goal this past week, he got multiple assists and he played a huge defensive role, I would say on Saturday and for his time on ice to maintain the highest, that just shows that coach Cooper sees it in him and you can tell how bad he wants it. You can tell how much he wants to be more of a leader on this team. And I think it showed when the opportunity was presented to him. So I got to go with, 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 with Sergey here. Mikhail Sergeyev is my cherry picker. I love it. I, I, I a hundred percent agree. And the fact that Pervix was talking about how, how much he's helped him, it makes total sense. And so Casey, uh, 